Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yes! Yeah! And we're (laughs) covering this week an issue of BPRD called the Ectoplasmic Man. (laughs) It just makes me think of theremin. (laughs) Theremin is a great uh, choice for... um, If there was an ectoplasmic-like episode of a TV show, this would definitely start with a theremin. Absolutely. Um, This is a very Johan... And Krauss-centric uh, story, of yeah, course. Yeah, almost like, a, I mean, we have sort of know his origin, but it's like a little bit more filling you in on the origin of his uh, joining the BPRD. For sure. Which is cool. Yeah, it is. I like when they go back and fill those little moments in. I have some yeah. thoughts on it, but before we get to any thoughts, yeah. okay, I'm just, I'm just going to give it over to you because that's all we're doing. We have no segments. We just got... This uh, issue to cover. We just got this stuff. So I'll hand it over to you for credits and walk us through the story. Yeah, The Ectoplastic Man, written by Mike Mignola and John Arcudi, illustrated by Ben Stenbeck, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, and edited by Scott Alley. (laughs) And this uh, came out in June 2008. Um, Yeah, and we got the... I would assume, like, do you have the version where you can see the whole cover or you just have the art? I have the whole cover. Um, I think it's maybe, I didn't check to see if it was in my, in that. Yeah, I got it. Nice. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, like, on the, in the, like, edition that I have in BPRD Being Human, they have the title, but in a different font. And it's still, like, the same Mignola art, but it's, like, not your it's not like whatever it looked like when it was published. Yeah, looking at the one that's on the the Hellboy wiki that shows the published cover. Yeah. I it's way better font-wise. Like the BPRD. I think so, yeah. I love the purple that they're using. Like look at that sort of saturated darker purple that they're yeah. using for the BPRD logo as well as the ectoplasmic man is in that just a black outline. I think that pops way better than this which I think it feels like it almost this font for the the collection of being there. The font feels like something I would have found in my uh, like an Instagram, like the font app. Yeah, it's I just use. like a default <laughs> kind of a. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's just what they use for all the titles in this collection, which is yeah. like totally fine. But it's like why, you know, as usual, we're going to complain about the covers and why we don't get the best they were. Yeah, published, and, again, and it's it's just a tragedy because I think that they don't. It's almost like I don't get why you guys don't consider those logos in the font that you choose for a cover as part of it because it is like that was a decision that was like somebody made that decision to be like yeah. that looks best. So just to tack on something that sort of just feels generic for the ectoplasmic man is sort of yeah, yeah. It's slightly disappointing. It just doesn't do it justice, you know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, because the art's really cool. You know, as usual, Mignola's doing some cool stuff. Yeah, this Mignola uh, cover's great. We have, like, ectoplasm form of Krauss in front of his suit. And then in front of him, that is his human body. So it's like this totem pole of uh, fucked up sad versions of Johan Krauss. (laughs) With, like, uh, um, a bunch of, like 
gauges or not gauges like um I don't even know. It uh, looks like the parts to like a boiler room. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like or like yeah, because it just looks like valves, like and stuff yes, that you would just valves. turn and release release water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's down in the the bottom the the crazy boiler room in Freddy Krueger's school. Right. Reason. Yeah. <laughs> They did have a crazy boiler room in that school. Yeah. <laughs> it was more of a closet at my school. Yeah. My- Wouldn't have much for Freddie to go with. Um, uh. yeah. <laughs> I do love all the energy coming off of the ectoplasmic version of It is of, cool. You know, I Manuel mean, gives it like an interesting texture. It has this almost like, it's like very evenly dotted with texture it's it's interesting it makes it feel very like tactile and like you can you can like feel it i wonder if that's playing into the idea that which we'll see briefly in the story and we've seen him do before because it seems like that tactile energy is sort of coming actually out of johan's fingers yeah out of the suit i wonder if that's representation of his ability to like reanimate objects and shit yeah yeah Probably. Yeah. And and that's like so this basically is like a little kind of encapsulates Johan's whole origin story where he's uh, he's working as in 2002, which I always like forget that it was that recent. I, yeah, it always, fu- I remember when we fucked that up a, a couple issues. Ago yeah, I was like, this must dates. be in the 40s or something. And uh, yeah, way even, off. Even looking at the, the way his 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 room is decorated the way he dresses, his wife particularly dresses, I honestly would still think that this is not in 2002. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, uh, you know, I I have never been to Germany. I don't know what their fashion was like in 2002, but just comparing it to the 2002 fashions of America, it's like, oh, and uh, I thought this was just happened a long time ago. Anyway, he's performing the seance with all these guys. Of course, the incident happens in Chengdao, China, where uh, once Johan has astral projected from his body, he's confronted by a boy from uh, Chengdao who's warns him, something's happening you don't really know what but Mm -hmm. then the boy's spirit is destroyed and the energy that travels through the boy hits johan which since he's like acting as a conduit with all these other people it like travels around all their bodies they're just turned into i mean it looks like they've died a year ago (laughs) yeah They, they look bad they all got zapped and they're like you know it look their skin looks like it's been like completely dehydrated and like sucked close <laughs> onto their what's left of their flesh. It's, you know, pretty gnarly. And then Johan's left all by himself. A few hours later, we have the BPRD show up. They've been called in because of the weird nature of these bodies. And we have uh, Isar Hoffman, the BPRD agent who is also a psychic. He can like see Johan and talk to him. And a very polite like policeman or investigator who's working the case already. He's like, doesn't question, doesn't question Izar once. He's just like, lets him talk to the coroner. Yeah. <laughs> where Johan's standing. Yeah, he's talking to Johan, who tells him, like, yeah, my guests got disintegrated and it's terrible. Uh, Isar's like, hey, you should go. You should try to move on and like go to heaven. And he's like, I 
feel really bad because I killed all of the people that I was trying to help here and I survived. Isaac's um, like, yeah, I wouldn't say you survived here, Kraus. You know, we, we have some data. We're going to I'm going to go back to the BPRD. Yeah, Isaac's kind of just like, this seems like a sad life. But if you really want to help somebody, why don't you come with me to the BPRD? We can help you help people. You can be on our team and investigate shit like this. You know, basically, it's like, come to the BPRD. Maybe we can do something for you. But then Johan, like, hears something, flies out the window and is floating above the city, kind of like listening. And he descends down into um, like an old cemetery. He hears sobbing. And there's a man here, the ghost of a man who is crying. He's uh, And then when Johan approaches him, he's like, you can see me. You can actually see me. So he's like so ecstatic. It's, apparently he's been like trying to get uh, he, living human beings attention and they haven't they've not been hearing him because he's a ghost. Um, Johan tells him as much. He's like, yeah, you're dead. He's like, no, I'm not dead. I'm just like lost and I don't know where I am. <laughs> then this creepy skinny bastard shows up. And <laughs> he's like looking very like evil, um, almost like a he looks like a mad scientist kind of to me. Like he's got these like little round glasses and he's like, Hey, you know, it's oh, so sad that you guys are dead. Um, you should, or well, he's like, he's like, you are dead, but come with me. I can help you. Um, and he's kind of like beckoning the ghost to follow him. Johan Krauss was like, you seem really weird. I don't like this. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, nobody's forcing you to come. So you stay here. I'll help this guy. And uh, the ghost is like, yeah, this guy's going to help me with some, you know, you're like all of that. Johan's trying to do is like help this man cross over and like be done with his like haunting ghost like form. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, uh, you uh, all you have to offer me is death. I already have that. Come on, let's go. And he goes with this creepy guy. And the creepy guy turns back and makes a creepy face at Johan as he leaves Johan's like recognizes that he's something like uh the like infernal or bad at least. He's like, God in heaven, don't go, and starts like trying to stop him, but is whipped away with the wind or some kind of power, I guess. Like maybe the demon was like and like <laughs> blasted him away with some wind, but Johan kind of recovers quickly, follows their path to a house floats into the house and he sees the creepy guy. Only the creepy guy is now much larger. His vest buttons are bulging and it's he all, healthier you know, skin now. <laughs> his skin does look better. That's the thing. He's like, Hey, go on. Uh, you're too late to help that guy. I ate him. I ate him up. <laughs> and Johan's like, what have you done? Who are you? Uh, and the guy's like kind of laughing at him You've never seen anything that has stepped straight from hell, have you? You've never met a creature who lived off of death. And then there's like a really great splash page of this thing kind of like transforming. His teeth have become pointed rows of shark teeth. His tongue, <laughs> like he looks like a street shark to me. Like he's got this big slamu tongue the that's sticking shark. out. You know, do you remember those? Like oh, the, hell yeah, I remember street shark. I wanted one so bad, never got one, but I thought they were so cool. And I just remember the one had like a crazy tongue and that's what this one looks like to me. This big like wagging kind of like nasty dotted tongue. 
And this demon is like sucking everything towards him, including Johan. But Johan's like able to resist and doesn't get consumed by him. Uh, And the demon kind of transforms back into his more human looking shape. And it's like, oh, well, I guess you're not so easily devoured. You know, I'm not hungry anyway. You you can go. Just like dismisses Johan like, oh, that was fun. But, you know, I can't eat you. So get out of my face. Johan's like, you're a monster. You've condemned that man to worse than death because you've eaten his soul. And now he can't even, you know, it's like worse than hell. I guess his his soul is completely destroyed. Yeah, they call so it, he calls it the oblivion of outer darkness forever. Yeah, horrible. And the demon's just like, you bore me, doctor. Er, you bore me, Kraus. Go. Uh, go find other things to be angry about. Johan says, no, you can't dismiss me. You must be punished. And then this demon kind of brags about how, oh, yeah, somebody tried to punish me. They tried to shoot me with this silver bullet uh, with this awesome gun. And the bullet was blessed by the Pope. And it was really going to work. But I, you know, I ate that guy. So why don't you try to pick up this bullet and put it in this gun and shoot me? Go ahead. Kill me, great medium. And Johan seems determined. He, like, tries to move the bullet. He's able to move it a little tiny bit, but it, of course, like, falls right through his ectoplasmic form. He's not super effective without his suit. He doesn't have a suit yet, so he's, like, frustrated, can't kill this thing. The demon cracks up at him. A great medium, I think, otherwise. Perhaps only a medium medium, then? Go away! (laughs) (laughs) Blasts Johan out of his room with his, like, wind power. And Johan is back floating over the the city. Johan returns to the house, uh, like the scene where the seance was, and does talk to dr hoffman like hey i will go back like it's implied like he's like you said you could uh you thought you could help me and that's over a panel of johan's suit being constructed while johan's like safely encapsulated in this little tube and johan's like yes very very comfortable actually when he's like finally inhabiting his suit he's saying that it feels liberating he's like manipulating the soul of a spirit of a dead bird in some way, he's either like helping it move on. He's and the bird, the soul of the bird is like singing, and this little dead bird body is there. And all the BPRD guys are, seem to be smiling and very pleased with that. What you did with that bird, amazing. If you can do that with other things, who knows what you'll accomplish with the burrow? So, like, I guess they're like, yeah, if you can help us with other spirits, demonic or human, you know, you're gonna be great. You're gonna be able to con- help a lot here and contribute a lot to the burrow, bureau. And he Johan's like, great. He's handed his jacket and his hat, which we've seen him like wear before. And he says, of course, I very much look forward to it myself. But first, I need to make just one other stop. And then we have an exact like, oh, like it's like an homage to the Exorcist. That's what I felt too immediately. Totally. It's the it's this house where the demon is and there's like light emitting from the house and like some smoke. And Johan's there with his uh, like fedora and jacket. So he looks very much like it looks like almost exactly like the cover or poster, I guess, for Exorcist. So we're to assume that he's going to go with his physical form. Fuck that demon up. Put a yeah. silver bullet in him. I would and that's say. That. Yeah, that's that. Uh, I, I would say a phrase that you said is sort of how I felt about this issue, which had a lot of good stuff that I liked. But, like, I hate that we ended 
And this is just personal taste. Other people can like it, whatever. I sort of hated that we end on an assumption versus sort of action or like conclusion. It was just like, well, yeah, we're to assume now he has like a physical form. He can go in there, destroy him, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, this is the fun part. Like, right. I want to see him. Yeah. I guess they, that done. I mean, <laughs> it just yeah. Felt like, well, it's a one shot. That's all we're going to do. And I was like, oh, I was a little down. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they I guess they thought like, oh, him the demon transforming here would be enough action or whatever. But yeah, it's he transforms, but then kind of nothing happens. We don't get to see the soul get eaten either. Um, you know, Johan's kind of blown around in the wind for a little while. And there's a lot of talking with this demon in his like thin man form. That mm-hmm. probably could have been like I feel like they could have shaved down some of that to show you that early. I guess they, I guess they were really hot on this last panel where it was like, oh, and then it'll look like the Exorcist, and then, it, it kind of like insinuating that something like that would happen, like it would be like, but that mm-hmm. sounds cool, and yeah, I would want to see that. I guess there's a um, I thought this was a very clean and uh, very clean, competent. Good issue for a one shot. Yeah. Uh, it left me desiring more and then at times a little bit less. Because I felt like, um, one, it was like there was a part of me that goes, oh, why couldn't this have been like at least like a three issue story for the beginning of like Johan's choice to be with the BPRD a little bit? Because it felt like such for me, like an easy, also rushed timeline. Like so much, like I'm, I'm led to believe that he floats out of this house and then within minutes he discovers, he discovers another ghost, this villain goes to this house, discovers what he is, then goes, well, I gotta go back. (laughs) It's just so, it it works to one level because it's like, well, we're just expand, we're just like, um, what's the phrase Our disbelief, um, Oh, suspend your disbelief. We're suspending our disbelief. It's yeah. it's sci-fi, it's fantasy, whatever. But there's a part of me that goes like, there's a little more that I think we could have gotten out of this. Because yeah. I-, I think I'm already coming to the table feeling that Johan is such a rich character without knowing this origin that to sort of have a, for me, to have such a rushed sort of like, clunky's not the word, it just feels like so like, jam-packed and like rushed that I feel a little bit like oh this character deserved it's just a little I guess like it's a little convenient that there was that he was able to find this ghost really fast and for all of the events in this comic to happen so quickly I guess the investigation must that's happening at the house must take hours like by the time Johan gets back the bodies are all cleared away and there's just like little evidence tags everywhere so I guess you could assume that it happens over a number of hours, but it's still feels really fast. Like the, for the BPRD agent to still be at the house for Johan to talk to him. It's just, uh, yeah, I guess it just feels very fast. It does feel fast. Yeah, And it could, it like, it works fine if you're like not thinking about it too hard. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the first time I read it, I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But then rereading it, I'm like, oh, I wish there was a little bit more. And it's just, I think in, being overly convenient is like sort of what the I'm feeling. Yeah. The feeling. Cause even the idea of this demon just straight up 
I get that he's gloating, but he straight up is just like, ha ha, try to kill me. Like, yeah. here's how you would here's do it. Here's how to do Here, it. Let me lay it out. Whereas, like, I keep I'm, it in this cabinet, by the way. I'm used to like more of a a way of like them discovering like the BPM. Yeah, having going, to figure like, it out. Yeah. Putting it on their hands. Because I think this demon is very interesting and cool. Especially I guess again. he assumes, I guess the demon's so cocky, he assumes like Kraus will never be able to manipulate physical objects uh, objects in a way that would be threatening right. to him. So he's like, go ahead, go fucking do it. Here's exactly how you do it. Like, I guess I kind of, I do buy that, but. I do buy it, but I think it's sort of, it, it's a disappointment. I, I mean, I'm going both ways, but I agree with like, okay, if you're going to set it up that he's so cocky that he, then I need that payoff. Of really seeing him then caught and going like, I would love to see the demon caught off guard by like, I like I want to see that his expression on his face when he's found to be wrong. Like, yeah, like that's that's yeah, he's the, such an asshole. You kind of want to see him get his just desserts. You know, you want to see that happen. Yeah, he's got like in his cabinet too. When he opens his cabinet, he's got photos. And one of the photos appears to be a guy, a skinny dead guy with either bullet holes or like pox all over him like it's oh yeah fucking gnarly <laughs> um, i like this bullet i like all the weird little details all over the bullet it's fun yeah that is very fun so it's less than a, just like a silver bullet it feels like it has some mysticism yeah there's on. like engravings on it and shit yeah again i i yeah i i i always get feel bad when i like find an issue that i'm like oh this is fine but i just want yeah i think it, you know, I guess the whole thing is like their time, like what kind of time frame did they have for from conceiving it to getting it done? You know, like these things get pumped out comics. So, yeah, so you know, one shot, probably. I think we get spoiled with this series because most of it is so phenomenal. So it's like if one is just like a competently done comic, that's like totally a OK feels like it's like oh man this is like if we changed xyz it could be like really fucking awesome and perfect and yeah it's like you know i guess that happens so infrequently with hellboy and bprd because like so much of it is feels so polished and perfect and great so yeah i can see how that would be like you know this one's like fine yeah, <laughs> it's enjoyable. And just, that sounds like we're shitting all over it, but it's like totally good and fun. I'm not trying to shit on it because I exactly it's it's like it's it's also trying to turn my brain off of like sort of like what we do when we sort of find some things a little that fall a little short for us. We tend to like sort of rewrite them in our head. Yeah. Uh, even though I, I, I'd say I'm not going to do that. I do it always a little bit if I'm like, oh, well, this was fine. But then what about this? I think just, you know, uh, like unconsciously or you're just so familiar with the world that I think you can't help but kind of fill in the blanks in your own head where it's like, oh, this would have been a cool element to bring in here or, you know, this could have been a little shorter so we could have seen this other thing that we would want to see that you kind of like build up throughout the comic and promise us to see. Yeah. I, I mean, I would even argue this is a dumb argument to make. The thing exists. There's no changing it. But I wish... This the the other ghost he sees that gets taken by the demon, it feels almost unnecessary. I sort of wish Kraus would have gotten a little more manipulated by this demon, in a sense. 
Yeah, I guess like, how else do you I, see how like, else who else's spirit? Yeah, that he could. I get why they did it. It's he, you want to see him in his two forms of like creepy and then massive. Yeah. And but I guess I, you also you just want to also see Johan attempting to be helpful in his ectoplasmic form because he's saying no to the BPRD agent initially. He's like, uh, well, he doesn't say no, but he doesn't really consider his offer to come with him too much. And I guess that's what you need. You need to show Johan attempting to be helpful or, you know, do anything in this in his ectoplasmic form. And he's clearly ineffective. So he like kind of giving him no choice but to go with the BPRD. Yeah, I I get that. Yeah, but I think it just could have. I. Yeah. I think Johan is more of a complex character than this. This one shot allows him to be. Yeah, because when we when we start to learn about Johan, he's sort of a selfish character, and I think he when he joins the BPRD, he gains his ability to start helping. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like even his backstory where we find out he was selfish and tried to fucking have a love life in the ethereal ectoplasmic yeah. form. I'm like this character's sort of fucked up, and he learns. I think I think he grows. Whereas this does a weird backstory where it's like you're trying to then attempt to tell me that he was already a very he already quickly learned to be helpful and he wanted to be helpful. That's why they wanted him versus just I like the idea that the BPRG just sees him as a commodity. Wow, we can communicate with you. You want to join. He's sort of like reluctant, but then learns as he goes. It's sort of I'm going to equate this to this sort of in a nerdy way. This issue with him giving him, like, showing him how helpful he wants to be, I just want to help, it's the it's the thing of, like, Han shot first. Like, I can't start with a, the hero already with his growth if I'm not going to, by the end, if that's where his trajectory is supposed to go. Oh, yeah. And it sort of does that a little bit for me, a little bit. If it's like, well, I just want to help. And it's like, well, then you're a perfect fit for us. And it's like, well, I don't know. Because <laughs> you sort of go into, like, that's the fun part of those BP, BPRD issues with him was we're all we're all everybody's so new and trying to get to know each other. And he was still like everybody was questioning his motives. Yeah. If this is telling me that there was no quite in a sense is saying that he was already good. Nah. I get it was a medium and he, he wanted to help people. But we already learned again. He had alternative motives when he did that. And that makes him an interesting character. Yeah. Me. I think that's a great point. I agree. Again adequate i get it i just i would like i mean i would just argue maybe he he could get duped by this guy because he's just like i no longer want to be in this you can help me cool take me along oh i'm gonna try to eat you well you're different than the rest (laughs) oh you're annoying get out of here yeah (laughs) he could still have another spirit with him but it almost feels it feels just again a little too convenient that he doesn't go along with the ghost it's just like it it just feels i think that's a great (laughs) i think that's a great kind of like pitch i mean you know to a story that happened in 2008 but i think that that's a good <laughs> it, i think that that's to recognize that is super smart i think that's makes a lot of sense but again i still think it is a fun backstory sense yeah. uh ben stanbeck i think he we i don't think he's bad by any means i think he actually i i actually when i look at his work particularly of the de- the splash page. I love that that page of the demon and Johan. Uh his his work with the I think you've said his his line work on Johan's ectoplasmic form I think is 
really good. Uh, I I actually like. I think Johan once he's actually in his uh, the brief, the brief pages we have of him in his suit is very clean and great. Yeah. I think his human forms are just a little cartoony for my eye. Is all they or like not even like they're not they're not cartoony. They just lean on that side versus what we're yeah versus my eye yeah. prefers in this world, which is Duncan Fregredo and Mignola and Guy Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's kind of a jump away from that style. Like we were kind of talking about comics being this like teetering between being cartoony and being realistic, like being like an illustration versus a cartoon. And this definitely like his human forms feel closer to cartoony for me. I mean, yeah. Oh, Moby Lick is the name of the street shark with the tongue, not Slamu. <laughs> Slamu is like the main guy, I think. I like the idea that during probably my ranting, you are just looking up. No, sharks. No, <laughs> no I, I was just looking at it again, and I was like, it's not Slamu. That's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got... <laughs> no, I think that's great. I, love I got it. mixed up. But I, <laughs> I was listening, and I do agree, I swear. I'm, I'm very curious, too. All my little, like, little like nitpicks aside existing this book just exists i'm wondering if we'll come back to this demon if if this has an open-endedness because later down in the world we'll maybe come back to this maybe maybe he doesn't maybe when he walks in that house he doesn't fully kill him and there's it there's going to be issues that deal with this later i don't know yeah i'm very curious i do like that there's a right before the end there's that moment where he brings the bird he like speaks through the bird so it sort of gives like it feels again i i feel dumb but it just feels a little inconvenient that he just learns everything so fast <laughs> right but i do like i mean there's a couple of frames that i i mean aside from the splash page that we've talked about multiple times um i really like early on frame early right after he gets zapped by the kid's energy which i still would i hope that we learn more of what the hell happened in china yeah, <laughs> I guess like a demon possessed the whole town. I don't know why that would. Uh, I I feel like they've talked about it before, but I can't remember like why that creates this like spiritual shockwave throughout the world. I think it's a cool idea. I just it would be cool to get a little more like yeah. It's it's not that I need you to overexplain it. I just want to know what. I I hope it connects. I feel like they the have, and thing. I'm just not remembering it, but. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure they haven't. I think it's I think it's open ended and it's mysterious. Okay. I think so thus far. But I really like that one panel of Johan just sort of slightly his his ectoplasmic ethereal form leaning over and looking at his burnt up self in the corner. Yeah. I think that's a great panel. It's <laughs> good. And I I really like every close up that uh, Stempek does, I think, of Johan and his ectoplasmic form, I think is really pretty. I really yeah. like that stuff. Totally. I think he gives him, like, a good, like, exhausted kind of a look. Like, yeah. a really forlorn-looking guy here. Yeah, I I particularly think one frame of, of his work that pops out to me is the after he attempts to get... After the demon attempts to swallow him and then throws all the stuff back at him... Yeah. It's clearly out of frustration. That one thin panel of, of Johan's just sort of covering his face in, yeah. in blackness. I think that I think that might be my favorite panel of the whole entire piece. <laughs> it's really cool. Just yeah, it's just kind of him I think him coming to that realization, like 
maybe he's even though he's in this like spiritual form, he has some more power than a ghost, like kind of realizing he's not going to get consumed right there. Yeah. Almost makes you wonder, like, did he want that when he went there? Like when he went out, when he would take it, like when he went to this house or when do you went when he went to like when, when he, he went to, to, I guess like he, I guess you could say he went there to save this other ghost, but like, did he also want to, I don't know. I guess he didn't know this thing was going to, like, consume his soul. He knew he was up to something, but he couldn't quite tell, like, maybe that much. I think I know what you're hitting at, and I think yeah. it's back onto my rant, is that I wish I would have, rather than Johan just being like, I'm like, gonna heal, help this guy. Yeah. I'm like, but what about your condition? It yeah. would have been more interesting to me if, if he's he like, was... Nothingness would be better than this. Like, Sure. Or even yeah. him being, like, so self-interested at the beginning through the story of, like, I need to, I want to be, I don't want to be this. This guy says he can do that. Let me go with this other ghost and see how he, and then he just watches that guy get consumed. Yeah. And then he's like, wait a second. (laughs) Oh no. You know what I mean? I agree. I think that is, I think, yeah, I agree. And then it's like, that would have made me more sense of like an arc for the story versus just like, yeah, he happened. This all is conveniently happenstance. <sighs> I think you're right, but it doesn't ruin anything. I love. I think Johan's such a great character, especially. In the oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very. I mean, it's interesting that it says in the Hellboy wiki that this storyline was it was released in conjunction with Hellboy Two: The Golden Army in 2008, and it's like I wonder if it's slightly not as not as much as the island did. How the island was like. Mignola going like I need to define my like my world so that people don't confuse it with the movie right I wonder if this is a little bit of a soft version of that for Johan because Johan is definitely featured a lot in the in Hellboy 2 yeah yeah you might be right yeah where he's trying to define him a little bit better or something I don't know it was a little disappointing in the sketchbook I I tried to glance through there to see if there was any like input on Stenbeck, and it just shows a, it does show a very cool sketch that he did of uh of Johan. Yeah, like a, a warm up for Johan. Yeah, and all it says is like this warm up made them like rehire him, which is cool. But I was like, I wanted to. I thought there would be a little more input or something. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to. I hope we see this demon a little bit more down the line because I think he's very interesting. A demon who or this demon man who. You know, I, I eat souls. It's cool. A soul eater. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts or anything, Kate? It made me hungry. Mm, I need to eat two today. I'm hungry. I'm <laughs> <a> soul. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Maybe I'll uh, condemn a soul to eternal darkness. I <laughs> uh, love that. It would fill us <laughs> right up. We'd be plump. Um... You know, obviously The Exorcist. I guess I it's been a while since I watched that. I watched The Exorcist 2 somewhat recently. I've never seen the second. I watched the the third one I think this last not this last Halloween last year's last last year's Halloween. I think I watched it for the first time. Yeah. Really fun. The like third the, one's where they crazy. like they like go to the Middle East, right? And like No. Oh wait, is the third You're one? You're thinking of the one that's the 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 prequel one, I think. Oh, that oh, shows oh. how the ex like 
Which yes, there are yeah. weirdly two versions of the prequel. If you look it up, like Paul Schrader or somebody made it. I can't remember if it was Paul Schrader made it first. The studio, literally the movie was done and they went, no. And they brought in another director and they remade the whole movie and released that one. Just fucking crazy if you look up that. Wait, I did watch The Exorcist 3 recently. That's never the, mind. The mental hospital one. Yes, George yeah, C. with Scott. Brad Dorf. Yeah, yeah. That is I, the one I watched. I think that one's good. I like it. Um, I think I got it confused because I think according to, I think it was like the, the author of the original novel, William Peter Blatty, I think made this one and like considered it to be the actual sequel or something like that. I think you're right. Yeah, I definitely got it very confused. George C. Scott's crazy in, in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he is. I love um, George C. Scott because I think he makes madness. Like he makes these big choices. But for some reason, he has an ability to keep them grounded. Where I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, you're crazy, but it's believable. <laughs> like, he's going over the top, but he just makes it real. <laughs> that scene of him talking to Brad Dorff in the, in the, like, cell where there's, like, other voices coming out. It's, like, pretty scary and weird. Yeah. But, yeah, very different. I love the jump scare, though. The jump scare at that one, that one shot where... It shows the nurse looking in the doors and then it has that one final jump scare. Yeah. I think that jump scare is brilliant. One, because I think most jump scares are done in film via cut. Yeah. And that does it completely in a one shot. Yeah, yeah. So good. (laughs) It's like when you read about like why like action movies, like why like Jackie Chan's action movies are better because it's like you never cut away during the punch. But like a lot of American action movies now, like right as there's like about to be a punch, they'll like cut to something else. It's like just a way to make it so that, you know, somebody doesn't have to get punched, basically. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, oh, it's like a better. It's just cooler and more convincing to see like Jackie Chan get hit with a real ladder. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Did you see Mission Impossible Fallout? I have. No, I really I have not. I know you're a big Mission Impossible fan. I have to. I have to watch like all of them. I haven't watched any of them. I have. I think all. I've seen the first one years ago. Years ago, I would have to rewatch it if Good I was gonna. Spy movie. Yeah, um, I remember like, liking it. I just like I don't know. Never saw the rest. The only reason I brought that up is because you said like not getting hurt, and I think we stuntmen. I think need an Academy Award. I totally. Because it's like they people think stunts are just like oh you do something cool and it looks cool. It's like no, they get hurt. Yeah. And they're like treated as disposable to this industry. It's like really sad. It's it's very sad and strange. Yeah. Because they make fucking movie stars look cool. Right. <laughs> and I think movie stars like them, but like executives are like, who gives a shit? <laughs> yes. 100%. Get the but next guy who can do a backflip in here. <laughs> one of my favorite things on the last Mission Impossible, there's a great fight scene in a bathroom. And of course, uh, you know, crazy Tom Cruise, who I love, he does his own stunts, but there's a kick that he takes in that. Yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, one, I love that character, Ethan Hunt, because he just, they let the character show his age and his wear. Yeah. And he gets a kick in that. And in the commentary, he's, Tom Cruise is like, that hurt. He straight up is like, that hurt. <laughs> I mean, there's no way you can like really fake getting kicked. Where does yeah. he get kicked? Like he just gets kicked like in the, like. They probably choreographed the torso? it, but he's still, like, those stunts, they, that's the thing, is you have to take a hit. Yeah. Yeah, they do it in a way that, like, you're going to not break a bone or fucking have 
something erupt erupting eternally. Dude, if I fucking if I like hit my toe against the ottoman in my apartment, <laughs> I almost cry. Oh, I do that. Like it's crazy that Tom Cruise has like I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's like you said, like he probably has like a fucking Kevlar vest on and like wires and shit, but like I bet that fucking hurt. I bet it hurts to get kicked. Yeah, I mean, this is a whole. I other get podcast. so hurt anymore, dude. I know, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's I just could us do it. complaining about being old. Being old—that'd be a great take on an Mission Impossible uh, podcast. Is just like how the show makes you feel old. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you just feel the pain. Watching yeah. this broke my ribs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but back to—I had two suggestions that yes, were related yeah, to this actual issue. No, I love our rants. <laughs> Never take them away. Um, I I thought of as we were reading it this time through for the show is, did you ever see the movie? I'm going to suggest, I remember thinking this movie was like going to be a low budget, sort of a flop, because I think it was like in theaters very briefly and then it went to video because I watched it when I worked for Hollywood Video. But it's a, a movie starring Kevin Bacon about go, you know, him getting sort of a ghost starts to talk with him and solve a mystery. Stir of Echoes. Starring Kevin Bacon. I, I feel like I have movie. seen Stir of Echoes. I think it's surprisingly a good ghost story. So I was, oh, 99. Maybe, maybe I have not then actually. I'll watch it. Yeah. If you find it somewhere streaming, I would definitely check it out. I don't think it's the one that you need to rush to like rent or anything, but I definitely, it's surprisingly good. It sounds very familiar. It sounds like the kind of movie that would have been on cable like a lot. <laughs> Probably. You know, like it's like. I'll definitely watch it. I like I like Kevin Bacon. I do too. I think he's solid. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, when particularly that fun splash page with this this demon sucking everything in, and um, made me think of the sci-fi movie that I'm a huge fan of. Stars another like wonky actor, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a sci-fi oh, yeah. movie called The Arrival. I mean, I don't know if this is a spoiler. That's what the whole movie is about. It's aliens that are like pumping. Uh, they're they're causing global warming to kill us off, and like, sons of bitches. Yeah. I knew it couldn't be us. <laughs> they're, like, they're pumping um carbon dioxide into the into our into our system into the world so that it will just like re like in a sense change the climate for their living, and it's very amazing. Cool, but, but they have this cool thing in the in the in the movie. They have this ball that they come in to like wipe things away. They just set it in the middle of a room. They turn it on, leave, and it goes really fast, and it sucks up everything. Ooh. <laughs> and so you come yeah, home. Yeah, very like, much like this guy yeah. sucking up everything. Oh, I love that. I just looked it up on IMDb, and Charlie Sheen's character's name in the movie is Zane Zeminski. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> it's so funny. That is a fucking 1996 lead character's name if I ever heard it. It's so, that's such a silly <laughs> Zane. What up, Zane Zeminski? <laughs> Charlie Sheen, full goatee. Yeah, his look is very bad 90s. <laughs> I'll certainly watch. This era, like late 90s, really is just so fun for me. I like to watch all these things. So it's like, both of these are solid recommendations. Yeah, and it's an era where like special effects are new. So no matter how good you got them for the era, they probably looked outdated the day you released. Yeah. <laughs> But those are my suggestions just based on, you know, images and things from this ectoplasmic man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, fun. Um, 
I, we want to hear from you, though, um, listeners. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this one shot of Ectoplasmic Man. We'd love to hear your sh- thoughts on uh, this edition of Ben Stenbeck, who's going to be sort of a, a, a not a staple for BPRD or Hellboy in general, but he'll come back definitely down the line for Witchfinder, uh, some Hellboy in the BPRDs. Um, Baltimore, of course, which I have the omnibuses yet to read because I'm lazy and <laughs> I have other stuff to read. But we'd love to hear all your thoughts on this one shot, as well as any thoughts on anything in the past or in the future that, to come. Um, you can send us your thoughts um, for us at ahcrap, a Hellboy podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can also follow us on social media at Twitter, ahcrap Hellboy. Um, Instagram is ahcrap, a Hellboy podcast. Um, we will reply on those platforms to any comments or direct messages. Just beware, if you want anything shared on the show, um, do email us at, again, awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. And if you could please, whatever platform you're using, if it gives you the option to rate and review us, please do so. But if you go out of your way to go onto Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom, that could be in the subject or just in the review section. But if it starts with the word boom, we will read your review right here on the show. And we'll praise you for that. We call that a boom review. Yeah. So please give us a boom review. That brings more uh, listeners to the show. And we appreciate that. Uh, but that is it for this episode about the ectoplasmic man. Ooh. If everything is going as <laughs> planned, everybody, ooh, the pheromone has begun. <laughs> if everything is going as planned, next week will be the finale episode of the season. So tune in. Tune in, baby. <laughs> but once again, listeners, thank you for listening. And remember, we love you. Yeah. Woo. This is Patrick. And this is Mark, co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're your home for all things Nintendo. On Tuesday, we're talking about the latest Nintendo news. And on Thursday, we're doing deep dives into specific corners of the Nintendo universe. Ranking the Koopa Kids. Determining who the best Smash Fighter is. That's Nintendo Cartridge Society on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.